Cool Hand Podcast, something you got to deal with. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host. My name is Q. Now, I have a EP review today that I want to do. Um, first of all, do you guys like my hat? <laughs> I, I don't know about this hat. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a bucket hat for the fall. Something, yeah, I mean, like something. This is like kind of patched. And I ordered it. I put it on because I ain't getting no haircut for a while. And I'm like, I put this joint on. I felt like I looked like JJ from Good Times. Uh, I don't know, but I bought it. I spent my money on it. I'm not returning it. So it's going to be worn and it's going to be seen. So if you're feeling a hat, let me know. I, I'm i aware it, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not. Money has been spent and it's not getting returned. So Maram Ladson. I did a quick little three-minute interview with her. She was the opener for Nick Hakeem when I went to see him a couple months ago here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I listened to her music beforehand. And um, so trying to familiarize myself with her music um, because I like to be prepared and everything when I uh, go to a show. I like to listen to, you know, just everybody's music just to, you know, get in the mood. You know what I mean? So... She recently released a a track, a, a five song EP called uh, the Baby Light EP. This was released on September first, twenty twenty three, and we're going to talk about it today on the podcast. Um, so it's a short listen. It's about fourteen minutes long. Um, it, like I said before, it's five tracks, and one of them is kind of like an interlude intro type thing. And so we're going to get into that. But before we do that. I want to talk about my experience meeting Maram when she came here in Pittsburgh. So um, she's opening for Nick Hakeem. She didn't have uh, like a recent project out at the time. I think there was a single um, that was released, like an independent single. And the last project before that was released in 2020, if I have my notes right. It was released in 2020. So from my perspective, it seems like she's like about to hit the scene a little bit more. It seems like and uh, from following her on Instagram since the prod since she came to perform, excuse me, uh, that it seems like she's putting her music career in drive now. Like it was in neutral for a little bit, but now like she's about to start going up and going hard. So it is my pleasure to talk about this project today. And it's about to get real. I'm gonna just let y'all know it's this project. It's about to get it's about to get dumb real. So um, when I met her at the show, we're gonna I'm gonna tell you guys a story before we get into the review. When I met Maram at the show, I kind of felt a little bit bad for her, a little bit of pity. And this is after the show when I'm getting merch and everything. I actually have on um, Maram Ladson merch right now. I don't know if you can see it too well, but I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, so anyway, during the show, it was a chill set. When she performed in Pittsburgh, it was a chill set. Um, I appreciated it. She was into our set and the venue was not... It wasn't I don't believe this was a sold out show, which was to my surprise. The show was on a Sunday and um, I think Nick Hakeem is a pretty big figure in the indie alternative scene. So I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I was surprised that this show didn't sell out. So not everybody comes 
to shows for the opener, okay? And this is speaking to my having pity for her and feeling kind of bad because it was a chill set and, like, people weren't, like, super going crazy. Like, we were clapping after each song that she did. And I myself contribute to the lackluster response whenever an artist comes i mentioned in my soldier boy concert review i am not a turn up i don't i don't turn up like that's not in my personality like the the most hype you see me get is probably when i'm like here like doing the podcast when i go out in public i'm not going stupid i'm not going dumb music ain't gonna make me you know shake my dreads and all that stuff that's just not what i do that's not who i am it's out of my element and a concert doesn't change that for me so She was interacting with the crowd and stuff, and I felt like the energy in the building was low. Like, I felt the energy in the building was low, put it that way. And at a certain point, she says to the crowd, um, or she asks people in the crowd, interacting, which is a great thing for an artist to do, especially when you are, I would imagine, trying to establish a new fan base. You know, you might get a couple new fans or a couple new supporters from uh you're playing the set and opening for another artist so she said you know does anybody speak spanish crickets it was crickets when she asked if anybody speaks spanish and so there's like a little bit of an awkward silence there and where like she's kind of waiting for a reply and the people in the crowd are waiting for someone to say oh yeah i speak spanish because i believe she ended up singing one of her uh songs that are in Spanish. This this uh, this woman is from Spain, by the way. I should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. So she did her show, and I think it was one of the last stops. It was. Pittsburgh was the last stop um, before she went back to Spain uh, to enjoy herself, uh, you know, take some time off after the tour. And if you watch that little three-minute interview that we did, she was talking about how she was, uh, you know, it's tiring being on tour, you know, going from city to city all the time. And Um, to this day to right now I do appreciate her taking out the time and speaking with the cool hand podcast about the tour life so definitely go check that out I just kicked a bottle of water we're back so anyway now I got this merch as I mentioned to you before and she had a couple different shirts at the merch table I'm going to continue on with this story because it's going to lead in to the review and how um, and how I perceived this project Boom. So we're chopping it up off camera. Um, And all this time, I'm going to tell y'all something. All this time, like I'm chopping it up with her. I picked the shirt that I wanted. And this is the shirt that I ended up getting. And it has some lyrics from one of the songs on the back of the shirt. If I have a picture, I'll put this up on the screen for you, um, for those who are watching on YouTube and Spotify. Um, She explained to me, um, because there was a couple of different shirt options to get. And I couldn't fully choose. I'm like, which one would do you like? What is your favorite? You pick your favorite of your own merch, and I'm going to cop that. And she says, this one. Okay, this is the one with the lyrics on the back. And I say, well, what, you know, what's, what does this say? Because the lyrics are in Spanish. And she pretty much just gives a summary of... Sh- she was in a certain place in her life where she was just trying to figure things out. And uh, the song lyrics were inspired 
by uh, by this place she was in in her life, moving from Spain to to New York, New York. I don't know if it was New York City or New York State. I'm just going to guess New York City um, within the state of New York. But I, there's a big difference between the city of New York and living in the state of New York, if you follow. Okay, boom. We you get it. I'm not crazy. You get what I'm saying. So, uh, so I get this shirt. And that sets the tone. Her saying she was in a specific place in her life when she wrote this song with the lyrics that are on the back of this shirt. Uh, there's a level of honesty, a level of a high level of honesty, a high level of uh, vulnerability. And there is a high level of darkness on this project, Baby Light. So. Let's get into it. It is five songs. As I said before, she had uh, last released something in 2020. So there's been a little bit of a drought. She is now putting her uh, music career into drive mode, into sport mode or whatever you want to say. So let's just uh, let's start talking about this project now. Um, the first song is called I Don't Care. And this was uh, released beforehand as a single and there was a music video that you can check out. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. It seems like this was a nice like this was a nice young lady. And I'm also going to mention this, too. And I'm not saying this in um, I'm not saying this in. What's the best way? Sometimes like I'm reluctant to say certain things because how it can be perceived by other people. I do care about my reputation. I'm not in the sense of like I'm a bad person and I'm trying to keep like, you know, this a certain image. But at the same time, the things that you put out there to the world and especially on the Internet, you don't want things to be taken out of context because what I'm about to say, um, it, it's not it. This is this is a pretty woman. And I'm going to and I'm saying this for a reason. Now, check this out. Remember that this is a, a pretty person from Spain. Right. OK. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The first song, I don't care. Um, it has some sense and everything has kind of like a feel good Maui, wowie down, 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 down sound. But I'm going to focus on the lyrics here. And in these reviews, I focus on the lyrics a lot. So um, the first song, um, I don't care. Uh, her voice sounds fragile. Her voice sounds fragile. And I'm able to make that to, to tell the difference between her voice because uh, how she sings in the other songs does not sound the same um, as she's singing in um, I Don't Care. So her voice sounds fragile as if she's holding back tears, as if she just got finished crying or as if she <laughs> um, is about to cry. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this song, but let's take a look at what Maram had to say. And I'm going to read this via um, thefader.com. She gave them a quote. So I don't care is about forgiveness and reconciliation. It's about having the strength to finally be able to face the past and heal. I recorded this song and the entire project with my band in a remote studio in the mountains near to Barcelona. Being alone in such an isolated place with just my closest collaborators helped me process and embrace certain feelings I had been avoiding for a long time. Now, this song is she says that it's about forgiveness 
And these are these are her own words. But when it comes to my interpretation of things, um, when I read these lyrics, I'm just going to read a little bit of them. Um, She says, after all these years, you took just you look just the same with your heart full of fears and your eyes full of rain. I will pretend I don't care. I don't feel anything. Wasted so much time. I'm sorry it turned out this way. Waiting for the words you would never say. I pretend, I will pretend I don't care. I don't feel anything. Now, when you talk about reconciliation and forgiveness, um, there's like a level of, okay, there's one thing that's forgiveness and with forgiveness is, you know, forgetting the transgression, right? That somebody, you know, sinned against you or whatever. Um, but there is a level of cap in that statement to me, like the, a, a level of cap, because when you say I will pretend I don't care, I don't feel anything. It's almost as if um, you're, you're fake you're fake coping with something. It's like, oh, I don't care. I don't, that doesn't bother me. It's whatever. And on the inside, it's like, I'm mad. Like that type, that type vibe. So to me, to me, and I just want to make this clear. I have no special insight. I haven't reached out for a quote. These are all my interpretations. So um, this is just how I take the music and how I interpret the lyrics. We're going to talk about lyrics a lot in this review. So um, to me, it's like uh, trying to let go, trying to forgive, even it's like making an effort, (laughs) making an effort to forgive. But at the same time, like you don't fully let it go. So you have to pretend like, you know, pretend that you don't care. So that's one thing. So I feel like this song sets the tone because I did mention that it has like a chill out I say Maui, Waui, Hawaiian type, you know, beach vibe. But these are very much uh, serious lyrics. Like they're very much uh, pretty personal, in my opinion. So that's what we're setting the tone with. And I think that's a good song. This was a good song to start the project with, because if you're just starting with, uh, you know, with a super sad, dopey song, you might think, you know, I talk about intros a lot on on the Cool Hand podcast and how important the intro is because you can lose interest or gain interest. <laughs> like it's how do you want to set the tone for your own project? And me personally, after hearing this as the first song, I'm like, OK, we got one. We got something here. And uh, very clearly, I liked this song. So the next song is kind of like an interlude intro. It's the uh, Rayo de Luna intro so it's a little little string medley sounds like the acoustic guitar sounds like it um and and that lasts for like a minute and just a a minute and some change and so we get into the song rayo de luna rayo de luna i really like i said forgive this ignorant american y'all so rayo de luna is uh a personal song this was the one that i believe was her favorite and uh Via IG, this is my source here. She says it was written in 2022 um, within a few weeks after moving to New York from Spain, figuring out uh, she said that she was figuring out her place and what the future holds. And I quote, the moon felt like a source of guidance, certainty and reassurance in the moment when everything was changing. End quote. 
Now this song is backed by guitar chords and you and it's sung in Spanish. And check this out. I almost didn't cover the song and I'll tell you why. I don't know Spanish. So thankfully, I didn't have to dig that hard, but on Bandcamp, on Maram Ladson's Bandcamp, there's the translated lyrics. There you go. So I was able to see the translated lyrics. And for that, I thank you because I'm able to talk about it now. I was just going to kind of gloss over the song because I'm like, eh. Uh, but it wouldn't be a complete review if I didn't have the song in here. So I'm glad it worked out that way. So she says, Moonbeam, I am alone in the early morning, wherever you take me. I go in the distant night. I don't know where I'm from or what tomorrow hides. I just want to feel the wind on my back. Moonbeam, moonbeam, ray of moonlight, moonlight from the sky. The moon is watching me, and I don't know if I have what it's looking for. Time is a clear water fountain. It is unalterable, but it, it heals the soul. Moonbeam, moonbeam, ray of moonlight, moonlight. Now, you have to listen to the song. You know, me, my reading that does no justice to how the song sounds, and uh, and of course, it's not as short as I, you know, my reading the lyrics, but I liked this idea of finding comfort in the moon. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, think about what she said. She said she moved from Spain to New York. You're moving <laughs> to a whole different uh, a, a, a city, a country with uh, in the United States where the culture is completely different. You know, there's there's no country like the, the good old United States. Right. So uh, where although you have a lot of freedoms in this country, if I, I don't know how foreigners view the United States. And I'm sure she had a lot of music collaborators, like not as if like she was coming in completely lost to the U.S., but more so uh, how she felt adjusting to a new city, a new home, a new culture, uh, a new everything. So who knows if she had a roommate or whatever, but in the midst of everything changing, one thing remains constant, which was the moon. I, you know, made up this scenario in my head. Uh, she had mentioned, and this isn't the scenario. Now, sh this is the basis of my scenario. She mentioned at the concert during her set of she's looking forward of going back to Spain and being on the beach. Boom. Now, here comes the scenario. What if growing up in Spain, being on the beach, enjoying the weather, you spend long days and maybe long nights outside and you're just observing the creation and you have the moon there. You see the moon up there and you just stare in its glory and it's all. Maybe she was doing this. And maybe the moon was a reminder of home. Maybe the moon was a reminder to her that although things are changing, Everything's going to be all right. You'll figure that you'll figure this out. The moon. So that's that's my little theory there. Um, but whether it's uh, a valid theory or not, I think the point remains clear that um, the moon is is something that's there and not changing while everything else around her is changing. So 
because of this, because of this message and the idea behind it, this shot up to one of my favorite songs. Now, this isn't my top song on the project, but it shot up, boom, just like that by reading the lyrics and knowing how personal it is. And I believe the lyrics of this song are on the back of this shirt. Um, so, you know, shout out to you for that. And once again, the vulnerability, the the honesty, uh, being able to put yourself out there and get these feelings out. Uh, I respect it. I respect it. Now, this is my favorite song on here. Um, and this this is the next song. It's called Blister. Now, <laughs> don't get confused now. Nah. So because this is uh, my favorite song and it's in part one of my favorite songs because of how it sounds musically. Um, it, it has a change of pace. It goes from like a poppy sound. You have the, uh, the guitar. You have synths. Sounds like synths are on there. You have drums, like a nice upbeat drum uh, sound. Uh, drums in the background or whatever. Uh, but it also has like a feel-good sound when you listen to this. But despite it having a feel-good sound, once again, it contributes to the vulnerable, the dark, the honest undertone forget undertone, overtone of the project. I'm just keeping it real. So in this song, she talks about grief, lies, dark pasts. And when I say pasts, I'm saying P-A-S-T-S. So not just her dark pasts, somebody else's as well. So a collective dark past, my interpretation. Once again, this is, this is my interpretation. Okay, so these lyrics here in the song, speak to the openness of the project. She says, trying to keep it all in, but it's coming all out. I'm swallowing my anger. I'm burying my rage. She says on the hook, oh, mother, oh, sister, my screams like a whisper. There's no use in burning fire when my heart is like a blister. Now, my ignorant self, I never claim to be the brightest. I will never claim to be the smartest person. I'm not an idiot, but I'm not the smartest person in the room. I know that. So um, I, I, th I think about a blister. I can visualize a blister, but I looked it up just for safe measure. Um, so a blister is a small pocket of fluid in the upper skin layers and is a common response to injury or friction. So uh, when I think about this, she says, no use in burning fire when my heart is like a blister. And she names her mother and sister. I don't know if mother and sister uh, is kind of like a code or a metaphor for someone else or it's the actual her actual mother and sister. I believe it's her actual mother and sister uh, be, because of another song that we'll cover next. But. Uh, it's like she's already taken a beating with these lyrics. Uh, no use in burning fire when my heart is like a blister. So her heart is already in the blister state. So she can't take any more. <laughs> That's how I take this. Like you don't want to take any more grief. You don't want to take any more pain. You don't want to take any more burning that the this metaphorical mother and sister uh, can potentially inflict. Or you can look at it this way because... I don't want to throw I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. And I'm once again, I, I want to keep reiterating, reiterating that these are my own independent and personal thoughts. And this does not reflect um, the actuality of the lyrics and or Maram Ladson's experiences. Um, so maybe it's 
you know, grief that the mother inflicted or parent inflicted. Uh, and you just throw the sister in there as somebody who also is a recipient of the burning. All right. We spent enough time on that. All right. So my thought, my final thought on that is, okay, this is alluding to a potential uh, rough family life. Maybe, maybe, you know, or, or just going through grief in general and taking so much, being burned so much, being hurt so much, being beat down so much that you're already a blister. You're already calloused. You're already hardened to these things, but you just can't take no more. Like it just it, 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 it almost be, you become numb to, to some things in life. Now I'm just talking about some life stuff, you know. Let me move on for um, I, I start spiraling. Now, the last song is the darkest song, and that song is called Therapy. I am going to throw my disclaimer one more time because it's about to get real. These are my own independent thoughts. And if you're tired of hearing me saying this, I, I just feel the need to reiterate it. These are my own independent thoughts. This does not reflect Maram Ladson's personal life. These are how I interpret the lyrics. Now, let's get serious. So this is probably the darkest song and most revealing song to me. The song Therapy is introduced by Piano Keys. Maram Ladson talks about family issues, and I feel like she alludes to having a rough family life, a hard family life, or traumatic experiences or abuse. And I'm I don't I'm not going to specify abuse of a specific kind. I just feel like there's a potential to uh, interpret abuse from these lyrics. So she says, I convinced myself I hated you. I was just a kid. What could I do? She denied my memories and treated you and I treated you as the enemy. I don't know how to deal with all of the anger I feel. So once again, um, dark, vulnerable, honest. Now, this made me think, and I'm going to refer to the song Blister um, a couple times here. Because she named her mother in the song Blister and in the song Therapy, uh, she says, she denied my memory. So when I think she, I now think of a mother. I now think of a mother. It says, I treated you as the enemy I don't know how to deal with all the anger I feel. So once again, you think about this theme of forgiveness and reconciliation, letting things go. And here she says, I don't know uh, how to deal with all the anger I feel. Uh, And whether she's speaking about the past or speaking about the present, it uh, it contributes to this this theme of forgiveness, this theme of bottling up feelings as well, or not knowing what to do with these feelings, letting go, letting it all go. Uh, She also talks about uh, some, you know, some detrimental coping mechanisms in the song as well. She later says, dysfunctional family, got to go back to therapy. I blame myself for what I can't control, circling down a black hole. I fantasize about faking my death, clean slate, move to the North Pole. I wish she could be responsible for all the harm she made invisible. Oh, man. So um, 
it, it's kind of like if somebody kind of dropped a bomb on you. Think about somebody, uh, if you've ever experienced this, somebody said something super personal to you and you didn't know how to take it. That's how I feel uh, when I read these lyrics back. Because if if you ever been in a position where you're one on one with somebody and they say some stuff that you just did not expect and it gets personal and deep quick and or maybe they tell you about an experience that they went through and you're like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry for you. Uh, that's how I feel right now. And uh, these lyrics when I when I see the lyrics, uh, I was just a kid. What could I do? That takes my mind to several different places and a traumatic experience or I talked about abuse comes to mind because, you know, when when children um, are abused in any way. Or forget children, but in this instance, in this context, she she says she's a child, but people can blame themselves for things that they had no control over. So that's one of these like wow moments, like where it feels like I, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to do when I read these things back. It's just my mind just goes to so many different places when I read these lyrics. She denied my memories and I treated you as the enemy. I don't know how to deal with all the anger I feel. Who? Who's the en- who's the enemy? Who did you treat as an enemy? Who denied your memories? Was it was it your mom? I don't know. This is up for interpretation. This is her song and she let out what she wanted to let out. Dysfunctional family. So there we go. We get a confirmation that from the song Blister, oh mother, oh sister, my screams like a whisper that there are some family matters at hand here. Um and many people have dysfunctional families. She is not alone. But when she says, I blame myself for what I can't control, circling down a black hole. Once again, when, <laughs> if you have been abused emotionally or physically, um, you know, you can blame yourself for somebody else's issue or somebody who inflicts harm or pain against you they can convince you that it's your fault think about like these domestic violence stories it's like it's like you brought this on yourself you know what i mean and it's and it's crazy so there's certain things that are just out of your control and especially as a young vulnerable innocent child if you are subject to any sort of abuse it really is out of your control especially if it's within the household okay this is this is I don't, I don't, I'm just going to stop there um, because I mentioned before um, and, and this is a good project and I like the the uh, the vulnerability. I keep saying the same thing, but I liked how how personal it seemed to get. And because of that, it makes me talk, talk the way I'm talking right now. So overall, it's a good project. It's It's a solid project. You know, she's getting her feet wet. Um, you know, getting back out there. Uh, my favorite song is Blister and uh, Rayo De Luna. Um, I Don't Care is a, is a good song and Therapy is a good song. Therapy kind of reminded me like the way it started with the piano keys. 
um, it reminded me for some reason of like Fiona Apple. I couldn't, I can't put my finger on um, what specific Fiona Apple song, but just the way that it started out reminded me of Fiona Apple. And um, I, I can't forget to mention on this song Therapy, you, the song picks up in the sense of you hear more instruments and I feel like I hear like some auto-tuned screaming and you hear some slamming, some screaming. And it seems like it, I would only imagine it's her like throwing stuff around uh, just to emphasize the point that things are not okay. Okay. Now, earlier I said, um, you know, I was dancing around my saying, oh, this is a pretty woman, you know, uh, objectively speaking, this is a, this is a pretty like, you know, a nice looking young lady, right? Okay, so how do you view, um, whether it's a man or a woman, how do you view a handsome man? How do you view a pretty woman? So in the sense of uh, of a woman and, and Maram specifically, you think, oh, look, oh, she's like, oh, she's such a sweetheart. I only met the chick, I only met her once, right? So you think, I'll speak for myself. When you see a look, when you see a certain look, you think of a level. I, I felt like I saw a level of purity, a level of innocence. Right. A level of sweetness. This is what I got from speaking with her, because, you know, some people uh, can just kind of, can just be rude. You know, when you meet them in person or their energy is off or their whatever, I, I felt like she was really nice and I know she was tired and I, I thought she was sweet. But the thing is, I feel like certain people get a uh I don't know how how to say this. Like, you know, when you look a certain way, you are perceived a certain way. Now, I don't put anything past anyone. What do I mean like that? What do I mean by that? Excuse me. I don't put uh, just because you look a certain way, you had the nicest life. You had the easiest life just because you dress a certain way. You got money or you just can't make assumptions or presume things about people. But naturally, like we have these uh, these certain biases within ourselves. But I, I think it's easy to say. I think it's easy to say upon looking at her. I'm like, oh, she looks like, you know what? You know, like she 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 has it together and things like that. Not to say that she doesn't. But when you listen to the music, this isn't like a bunch of. Uh, for lack of a better word, this isn't a bunch of like pretty girl music. I feel so good. I feel so sweet. I blah, 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 blah. No, this is like some open and honest stuff. This is some open and honest, honest music, open and honest content, dark, as I mentioned before. So it's like, man, that face has been through a lot. So it's kind of like, you know, she's not just you know, <laughs> she's not just a musician. She's not just a guitar player. She's not just a, a singer songwriter. She's not just a pretty face. A lot of these mus musicians sell you their appearance. They sell you their body. They sell you their image. They sell you, they sell you their, their, 
they sell you an image, period. But that's not what I'm getting from this artist. Now, who's to say, you know, things, you know, she she starts popping off and then, you know, you get into the industry and that's what the industry wants. It's a business. So they require you to do whatever it takes to, you know, get yourself in front of people, get your music in front of people and brand yourself and all this other crap. But um, this is what I got from it. Check on your pretty friends. Check on your handsome friends. And in my case, check on your ugly friends. I'm the ugly friend, by the way. So don't assume. Don't draw conclusions. Don't think people have it easy. I did a podcast about patience, um, a previous podcast about patience. And just because you see someone with something or you see somebody achieving something, and in this case, uh, somebody um, having a particular appearance that it's all sweet and easy. No, it's life. This is real. Good job. Um, I'll see you guys next time. I appreciate everybody who's made it this far uh, on this uh, review, this little podcast. I wish Miriam Latson all the best. I hope whatever you're going through, um, the family matters, the family issues, I hope things have been resolved and you have found a level of peace and tranquility. I hope uh, Tor treats you well. Uh, what else? Yeah, good job. Um, that's it. This is the Cool Hand Podcast. Uh, I appreciate everybody who, like I said, who made it this far. I don't really expect, at this point, I'm rambling, but I don't expect too many people to listen all the way through. I'm going to keep it real. Our attention spans aren't that big. Anyway, that's it. This is the Cool Hand Podcast, something you got to deal with. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Cool Hand Pod, Twitter at Cool Hand Pod. I'm on Facebook too for all you 45 year old conspiracy theorists. You can also check out the Cool Hand Podcast on Facebook. Uh, my name is Q. This is the Cool Hand Podcast, something you got to deal with. Easy.